Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. In 2017, life as we knew it came to a screeching halt when production on Sex and the City 3, the movie, was unceremoniously and abruptly shut down. Three years later, it was announced in 2020 that a Sex and the City reboot was in the works. However, the reboot is not actually a third movie, and thus, my journey continues. On this podcast, I will be doing what many believe to be the undoable. I will be saving Sex and the City free. All right. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the only podcast that really matters in this day and age, Saving Sex in the City 3, the podcast that yields results. And welcome this week's guest with me, the one and only Molly Lambert. Hi. Hi. So excited. I'm so excited, too. I haven't recorded with anyone since the news broke of and just like that so you're really the first person I'm talking to on air about it and I just want I want to see I want to know everything I want to know how you feel about it um emotions are running high what tell me everything well I watched the weird trailer mm-hmm. that they put out that was like all B-roll of New York City, and I loved it. <laughs> uh, I knew this was coming. I feel like they were teasing it for a while. They were saying like they're probably going to do a Sex in the City reboot because I think SJP just has like a forever contract with HBO where yeah. she can do that. But the big news, obviously, is that uh, our foursome is becoming a threesome. I know. No, Samantha, which I'm I'm sad about that. And I think that it's going to change the tone of the show. And I'm worried that it's going to change the tone into like very sappy, sentimental. Oh, I mean, she definitely holds the whole thing together. And it is a disaster to do it without her. But I also respect Kim Cattrall being like you know what I choose me I value my own sanity over a million dollar paycheck for you know an episode yeah she really stuck to her guns I thought that she would surely cave eventually but no I mean I think they've been through this before and I think she really strongly believes that the show should just end and that if they're going to reboot it it should be a different cast you know she has said smart things before where she's like they should reboot it with black women Mm -hmm. you know like do it but don't keep trying to reboot original sex in the city because maybe maybe we've told all those stories is it possible that we have told them all I think we've told all the stories there were to tell of those, the that friendship 
I mean, here's the thing. I think that the direction they would have to go in for it to make sense and be good is not what they're going to do, is what I think. Because I do think that the Real Housewives, especially of New York, are an amazing show about like women in their 50s and 60s dating. True. You know, and dating the same pool of guys in Manhattan and behaving like total teenage girls all the time when they like meet a guy that they like, you know, ditching their friends, just like all that stuff I love on The Real Housewives of New York City. But I feel like the problem with Sex and the City is it just went in this direction towards the end where it was like everybody had to get a happy ending and it became a different show than what it started as. And I didn't love where it went by the end (laughs) where it went by the second film which it completely spiraled off of the face of the planet into fantasy (laughs) yeah like the movies I don't even count the movies in my brain but I also think it's like you just see like Emily in Paris now you know is the new Darren Star show and I feel like that's so Close to the final Sex in the City stuff where she went to Paris and it became this weird like fashion fantasy. Uh, I just feel like when you watch the first episodes of Sex in the City and it's like this show about like a woman who's maybe an alcoholic uh, dating <laughs> in. Yeah, like dating in New York, you know, and it's directed by like Susan Seidelman who made Desperately Seeking Susan. And it, it, it it's not that it's gritty, but it's like it takes place in sort of reality and then as time goes on the show takes place like less and less in a reality that is recognizable to you and I Hmm. yeah it got bigger the show like the myth got bigger than the actual show if that makes sense right and like Carrie is such a flawed character but then at a certain point they clearly were like she is the hero <laughs> and that also seemed like a mistake because what was good about it was that it was like a good depiction of a you know a self-centered person uh who's not meant to be perfect um or aspirational but it just became aspirational and like aspirational about just like accumulating stuff in this horrible way Mm -hmm. uh it got really bad but the best thing i saw was jennifer coolidge was on watch what happens live and Andy Cohen was like, oh, everyone's been asking if you would take over the role of Samantha in Sex and the City. A lot of people are like, what about Jennifer Coolidge playing like a different character who's like Samantha's sister or something? Um, She is in an episode of Sex and the City as a character sometimes. Yeah, she already is like, she's in that universe. So you can't Disregarding. (laughs) But she gave the best answer where she was like, oh, no, I could never do that. I have too much respect for Kim Cattrall. Uh, as an actress and for what she did with that character and I could like never improve on it so I would never try no matter how much money they offered me which was a great answer and I don't know I think Andy Cohen is like best friends with Sarah Jessica Parker so yeah (laughs) it was a good moment I love um I can't okay so I either read this somewhere or dreamed it and I couldn't find anything that I read so maybe I dreamed it but any listeners like correct me if I'm wrong but I swear to god I read some sort of legitimate article that said that they were introducing two new characters into the mix and one was going to be an Asian American woman and one was going to be a black woman and they were going to like 
spill out like that is the friend group now I think you dreamed this did I dream that I swear to god like I read it and was like oh that's interesting like love maybe this for them and then maybe it's um because <laughs> that has happened on many of the real housewives this season <laughs> maybe what is wrong with like I think I might have dreamed it because I literally was looking for the article today I was like I've got to cite this like journalism and then could not find it anywhere and I think oh I, my god I think that's I just so funny <laughs> well they 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 did that on real housewives of Dallas this year because yeah. um one of the housewives did something racist uh, against Asian people. And so they cast an Asian American housewife on Dallas for the first time. And basically just to be like confrontational with Brandy, mm-hmm. who's the racist one, and be like, hey, what the fuck is wrong with you? But she has that classic uh, new housewife thing where it's like she seems too cool to hang out with any of these other people. Mm-hmm. She's like an actual doctor and (laughs) how do you balance like filming a real housewives franchise and then also being a doctor i don't know but i also got really into married to medicine which is the show that's all about doctors oh yeah i need to watch that is it good yeah it's really good because it's like uh it's like melrose place it's like doctors and doctors wives um who have like rivalries with each other because the doctors are like resentful (laughs) There's a lot of drama in the medical world, like inter-doctor drama. Well, doctors are like, even though there's this idea that doctors are just like stable people, but obviously like a lot of doctors are also completely insane. No, they're crazy. They don't like, (laughs) they don't play by the same rules that we play by. And also like, if you think about it, like my dad was a doctor. He was a neurosurgeon. He's fucking buck wild. And like. Right. People that are neurosurgeons, it's like just to even think that you should be able to like touch somebody's brain. Yeah. takes like a certain type of person. Mm -hmm. so I think a lot of doctors probably have like a bit of a god complex and then also just like the ego that it it's like you have so much knowledge you've been put through the ringer school wise you're propped up like society we need you we revere you we praise you I think I wonder if this came out of the ether though in your brain because this has been like bravo has been trying to adjust to the times that are a changing mm-hmm. as you I'm sure have noticed and it's <laughs> they're doing their damn best but it's like very awkward and badly done is what I personally feel I think it's like they're trying to shoehorn in you know caring about social justice all of a sudden after like 20 seasons or whatever of like racist women being dumb and rich on tv to be like oh now this show is about like issues also yeah um but one of the ways they've done that is to like bring in a new character who is a woman of color who then like holds people accountable which like first of all is a horrible position to have to be in as a new cast member because it's like not fun who wants to have to be introduced as the person that's like doing that but also it is like the first time they've had women of color on a lot of the franchises. And so like in a certain sense, it would make sense if Sex and the City did introduce more characters that aren't white, because that's like one of the main critiques of the show. And one of the worst things about the show when you watch it again Mm -hmm. uh, is how racist it is. 
But at the same time, it's like, do we want to see what they're going to do with those characters to try and absolve the main characters of their, you know? Yeah, it does contextualize it more in like a now now they're okay or like now they're not problematic because we have these two people rather than like well didn't they do that in one of the movies with jennifer hudson well they tried to but it was actually like that's what i'm saying it's like (laughs) watching them try might be more painful and racist than like if they just uh were like these women are like ignorant white ladies of a certain age and class which is like what the show always felt like was that that's who was writing it and so that's what they thought stuff was like (laughs) i said this on my other podcast but i was like what's interesting is that this whatever the reboot is will be in the same universe as these women who went to like abu dhabi and got like kicked out of the country and had like shenanigans there so however like woke they try and be and politically correct they try me it's like you still did that Right. I mean, I again, like if I like I think there's a way you could do it, but I don't think it's what they're going to do. You know, if it was like we're doing like a gritty reboot of this show that's like shot, you know, (laughs) on video and shaky cam and it's like euphoria, sex in the city, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, um, you know. Carrie realizes that the reason she was so biphobic is because she's secretly bi-curious and like, you know, goes out and fucks a woman for the first time. Like there, there's a way they could do it, but I just don't trust, I don't trust Sex in the City because the movies were so bad. Yeah, that's a good segue into what this podcast is truly about which is for any new listeners I invite a guest on and I task them with coming up for a log line for each of the girls and I really put it in their hands they can do whatever they want and then we kind of go back to the beginning and we build the movie or the reboot or what have you from there so with that I'm going to hand it over to you Molly and let you tell me what your vision is. Okay, this is like the greatest assignment I've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) I've been thinking about it a lot, obviously. Um, Good. I'm glad. I only want people who take it extremely seriously. Well, now I think the reboot, knowing there's the reboot, has also made me be like, what would I have the setup be if this real, if I were doing the reboot, if I were doing, what is it called? And just like that. And just like that, which I love, they're like, we're separating this. It's not Sex in the City. It's its own thing. It's its own gritty New York story. Did you see SJP um, being like, New York is the fourth character? Right. Because well, people were like, is there going to be a fourth character? Are you going to replace Samantha specifically with like a woman of color? And they were like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> New York is the fourth <laughs> character. And I just, yeah, I saw, like, people writing, like, are they going to, like, finally, you know, learn how to not be so homophobic? And it was like, probably not. <laughs> That's, I think anyone looking for growth from this show will probably be disappointed. But in my mind, here is what it would be. Um, Samantha, I think if they did want to use Samantha, they should just use a mannequin and retcon her character. <laughs> from mannequin in and be like she was a mannequin the whole time 
I love, I love, yes. But yeah, that way they could just have her on the show. But you know, she never has to be there. It's just a mannequin, and they all acknowledge. And they're, and then other people are like, oh, their friend died, and they're all really fucked up about it. So they like bring this mannequin with them everywhere. Totally. You know? I even see it as like maybe Samantha was a mannequin who originally was at Barney's, and then. Like when Barney's closed, she happened to go back into her like mannequin state and then got toted off in the trash. And then the girls like lost her and they could never find her again. Yeah. And then she just pops up and she's like, I'm in Berlin or something (laughs) like, you know, somebody fabulous put her on a private plane and then she popped out of her mannequin form when she got to wherever. Yeah. To Shanghai. Um. So, yeah, that's what I think. I also just think the issue of, like, whatever they do with Samantha, like, if she's dead, that's going to be horrible. (laughs) If they're like, oh, her cancer came back and she died. I think that that's what they, that's, like, what I would pitch. Because that just solves the problem. I mean, it solves it. And also, like, sadly, it it would be, like, realistic for a lot of people. It's, like, it's fucked up uh, when people die from cancer. It would be amazing, though, if you if they like really if they did that, then they need to have like a really fabulous funeral for her. But that would also be crazy to hold a funeral for the character when like the actress is alive. <laughs> like, like, I feel like they do that when like an actor dies tragically during a show like Luke Perry dying during Riverdale. And then they like oh, yeah. worked his death into the show. And it was amazing. They had like Shannon Doherty show up as like you know some a mis- mysterious woman at his funeral which is incredible brenda and dylan forever <laughs> but yeah i mean it's like then you really are closing the door forever also on the idea of like what if they just offer her enough money and she changes her mind you know yeah i just figured that that would like be so final that everyone might be happy and like walk away from it and then it leaves like the audience doesn't have also, questions i think that's what she Kim Cattrall wants Mm -hmm. you know I think she's over it she's like Harrison Ford about Han Solo where she's just like grow up (laughs) get over it and find something else you know which is fine good I hope she is rich forever off that show and doesn't have to do anything or can just do stuff that she wants to do yeah you know I think she'll be fine I think she'll be fine. I understand why an actress might not want to be trapped forever in a character that they don't actually like that much. <laughs> um, but she's everyone's favorite character. So just having they'll have to have some kind of comic relief. And I'm just concerned about what that will be <laughs> in yeah. advance. OK, so Samantha's a mannequin. And so, do you see her appearing in this? Are you thinking it's a reboot or a third movie? Um, I'm thinking it's the reboot. I'm okay. thinking of this as like, this is when Sex in the City comes back. This is what I think. Great. Uh, it, whatever it's called. It, it could happen like in the that. city. I'm going to keep <laughs> It could happen it. to you. <laughs> yeah. Where are we now? <laughs> Just yeah. little like catchphrases. Okay, cool. Yeah. So Samantha's a mannequin and she's like kind of popping in and out. Yeah, she, like, lives in a New York loft as, like, a mannequin. Okay, I love that. And then sometimes, like, that would also explain her apartment. It's, like, maybe she just is a mannequin in, Mm -hmm. you know. It's a show apartment. It's more of, like, it's just been, like, the show apartment of that building to entice new people to come in and, like, buy. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, 
Miranda gets into Bitcoin. Love. Yes. And gets like obsessed with Bitcoin. Um, and spends all her, loses all her money on Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah, she can't, she loses um, her like key, login key. And like you only oh, have, yeah. you know, like, did you read that story recently about the guy that like lost his key and he did, like is just out for like a hundred million dollars or some shit. So th- yeah, that happens to Miranda and she like has no idea where the key is and she would have like. And then Steve, mil. who's still married to her in this reboot, is like, oh, Miranda. Classic I found Miranda. this chewed up piece of paper with a code on it. <laughs> Is that your code? And it is. And she's fine. Okay, love. Um, or, or maybe even Brady steals it from her. Brady, like, poops it out. <laughs> Brady is forever a baby, even though he would be, like, 18 now or some shit. He's into, like, Gigi Allen stuff. He's, like, doing it as a performance piece. <laughs> okay, what about Charlotte? Charlotte's into QAnon. Love. Okay, yeah. She would get radicalized. She's the most conservative of the group anyhow. So it really tracks that, like, they would find her. And, like, she's so bored because she's a housewife and all she does is read the internet all day. So she just, like, just, you know, starts discovering some threads that she has to investigate what's happening, what's really happening. Mm-hmm. And her friends just sort of like humor her, but they're like, come on, like you don't really believe that. And she's like, no, I do. <laughs> yeah. No, it's real. It's she, real, you guys. She's making lots of friends online with like, and like on text chains with other moms who are like, save the children. Oh, well, that's what I was going to say. She gets radicalized out of the mommy groups on Facebook, mm-hmm. like a lot of people do. Um, at first, it's like anti vax. Definitely, Charlotte is anti vax. Yeah. Or. Sure. A thousand percent. And she, yeah, she definitely goes like the the new age to Q age pipeline, <laughs> like so many uh, dumb white women where it's like, oh, like these vibrations, if you put them on, they heal you. And then frequencies. You know, yeah. Vitamins, supplements, frequencies, vitamin supplements, adrenochrome. Juice, yeah. Adrenochrome. <laughs> it just tracks, you know, prayers for our so, fallen yeah, think- soldiers. I think Charlotte would get super deep into Save the Children specifically and um, and just go down that path. I also think she'd be a really good dictator. Yeah, she has like I could see her in like a more structured like skirt suit. I could see her as like a Melania type. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe she even like runs for governor of New York or she's like planned some sort of like political thing. She and Harry like split over her renewed interest in Zionism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm loving this. I just see like a late in life girl boss trajectory for Charlotte because I feel like a lot of people, it's like she has all this ambition that she's stifling to be a housewife, but we all saw her at the gallery. We know she's really got that, that killer instinct. And maybe Charlotte gets revealed as Q. Like maybe she oh, started yeah. QAnon. She definitely runs a multi-level marketing scheme mm-hmm. that uh, sells, you know, um, did you watch uh, Murder at Middle Beach? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The gifting tables. The gifting tables. I feel tables. like Charlotte 
Charlotte's into gifting tables. Definitely. And it's like really fun for her and the other housewives. And they're actually making like millions of dollars on these gifting tables because it's all like Upper East Side and like Beverly Hills women. It's it, She has like a gifting table in every major city. That's right. And then she meets a charming man named Jeffrey Epstein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's definitely involved in the Epstein and Ghislaine circle in some yeah. aspects. Throwing those weird dinner parties <laughs> and those weird, creepy ass Manhattan apartments with like busy wallpaper patterns and like chintz everything. Yeah, she's been to his townhouse for sure. And she's he like, lives he's in the a neighborhood. really nice guy, actually. And um, our kids play together. Harry gets along with his friend Woody Allen, you know. <laughs> Um, Manhattan is a vibrant place. Carrie, um, reads Tumblr for the first time and discovers that she's a sapiosexual. Okay, perfect. Um, which is when you only, I think it's when you only like people that you like actually like their personalities. You're attracted to like their brain and their vibes more than like a gender or anything else. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, Carrie reads like Judith Butler for the first time and like reevaluates everything about her life and uh, her attraction to Mr. Big. And Big is still alive in your version. Is, is he dead in the movies? Well, the leaked script from the movie that was supposed to be greenlit, it, he died in that script. Like he had a heart attack. And I think Carrie like getting over his death was like a huge plot point of the movie. Okay, I mean, to be fair, again, to bring it back to the Real Housewives of New York City, I think if you did go in a really depressing direction where, like, Samantha's dead, Big is dead, Harry is, like, not, you know, Harry and Charlotte separate for some reason, and Mm -hmm. Steve and Miranda have separated, and everyone is, like, just back to hanging out at brunch all the time, and they're all single again. Because that's what happens on The Real Housewives of New York City is that they all start out married and by the current season, everybody's divorced and a lot of them are widows. Um, And that's what I love about that show is I'm just like, oh, you never get to like see this, you know? Yeah. And they're I love that they like actively date on that show as well. Oh, they're like obsessed with dating. I mean, I think, yeah, it's like you never get to see women in that age category on TV anyway. Uh, as protagonists but also yeah never like being sexual and dating and they're all like so horny on Real Housewives of New York but they're also so set in their ways in this horrible way where they only want to date a certain type of man that's like a rich just Harry Dubin (laughs) Harry Dubin but like Mr. Big like just like a rich man a rich powerful Manhattan man and you're like wow they really all might be happier if they like open themselves up to dating people that maybe aren't super wealthy or maybe like don't live on the Upper East Side, but they won't do it because they had it once and they are like insistent that it's going to come back. That's what's so sad and weird about it. Yeah. And also like very uh, intriguing, I think, is that. It's like an Edith Wharton novel is how I have probably talked about it before on the show. Because, <laughs> yeah, they all had this status at one point and they're all like, I have to get back to the status that I once had. And like Sonia, when she gets drunk, will talk about like partying with Madonna and John John 
And everyone's like, John John is dead. <laughs> yeah. The, those are the days of yesteryear. Live in the now. Yeah. So I think like towards the end, Sex in the City would do occasional nods to that you know like the the episode with what's her name the party girl who falls out the window Mm -hmm. like that was a great episode that's probably the best episode of the later years totally agree it's fucking super dark it has candace bergen as the vogue editor who's like i need a boyfriend and who's trying to steal carrie's man and then like gets mad at her she's like why do you get to like date these guys and like i end up with like that Wallace Shawn. Wallace Shawn, which also <laughs> like, fuck off. I, know. I would love to be with Wallace Shawn. I like, love their, and they do end up together and I loved their love. Like she's right. like, okay, I got, right. I got to go with this guy. But yeah, there is like this sense that like the New York aspirational lifestyle is a dead end and you're going to get like pushed off the building at the end in some way. Totally. You know? Okay. Whether so it's just, yeah. I'm thinking that I like Miranda and Steve just together. Like, I think that they are in it for the long haul. I think Charlotte and Harry are divorced. And now Charlotte's like a twice divorced, but very wealthy housewife who just hasn't gone back to work. Carrie, either Big's dead or she's broken up with him or they're like on a break like separated I think they're like separated and he's dating people but she's like in denial about it yeah and she and Charlotte decide that they are going to just date normal people Carrie's like I think I'm a sapiosexual and I think I need to like figure out like just how to be with someone that's like regular And they're both like, they think that that's like a great idea. So that's what they're trying to do like throughout the reboot is find just like normal chill love. I mean, I think that would actually, yeah, like if it were like Moonstruck all of a sudden, it's just (laughs) like, oh, like Carrie ends up dating like a guy who just works at an Italian restaurant. Like I would love that if it were just like a cozy romantic New York show like it really wants to be and like it is at its best I just watched Crossing Delancey again the Joan Micklin Silver movie because she just died and I love that movie it's such like a cozy romantic New York movie that like hits all these notes makes you feel good I feel like that is the best of Sex in the City is it really is like people just vibing makes you want to be in New York, makes New York look fucking amazing. Um, Nobody wants it to be like gritty and, you know, super hyper realistic, I guess. And um, I think you have to have some like romantic aspects for it to work. You know, it can't just be like completely depressing. And what ends up being good about the Real Housewives of New York is you're like, they've got each other. Like, they're all looking for these men, but they're each other's soulmates. But that's also depressing sometimes because they're like, fuck you. I'm going to go meet a man at a bar. Like, Yeah, and they do treat each other like shit a lot of the time. They're so they mean. They treat each other like shit and they're so mean and they throw each, ho- each other over for men constantly, which is amazing. And they date like the same pool of like 10 men. Yeah. And it's very high school-y. But they get over it really quickly and like move on in record speed. And they're so mean. But like Dorinda, who was married to a super wealthy and uh, important man then when she was dating John the dry cleaner 
everybody was so mean to her about it. <laughs> um, and not just because he was like a cokehead who was probably fucking around on her the whole time. Yeah. But because he was a dry cleaner. They wouldn't have cared if he was a cokehead who was fucking around on her if he was rich. You know, mm-hmm. they would have been like, oh, he's cool and important. Um, like they did with Tom, you know, who yeah. was like clearly a dirtbag, but they all revered him because he was old and rich. Okay, so I think like let's go back to the beginning and like kind of build this movie or reboot, if you will. Okay, so I like like Samantha. I think we another plot line is like we've got to find Samantha. Like it, she's been she's been revealed to have actually been like a mannequin the whole time that like came to life. And maybe like we meet the girls and it's like sweeping shots of New York, but it's a different New York then we there's no twin towers anymore zero twin towers there's like there's also no barneys i think it's like we there's no (sighs) twin towers there's like x y no barneys we see like that big husk thing that they built like ooh, a new building yeah weird this wasn't here before yeah and like it's just and the and the high line like we lived in like the high line is a whole new era of new york so carrie's kind of narrating and bringing us into like this world and then she ends on like and like nothing said goodbye to the old like a classic store going out of business and then maybe all the girls are at barney's in the sample and like the final closeout sale like rifling through stuff right, and they're like oh it's the end of an era mm-hmm and then they see a mannequin and they're like, doesn't that kind of look like Sam? Yeah. They're like, have you seen Samantha anywhere? And they're like, oh, she's yeah. right over. Oh, no, that's that's just a mannequin. It's like whenever they turn around, she becomes a mannequin again. <laughs> but then when they're talking, she's like, she's like, ooh, that looks fabulous. She's like, no, honey, I wouldn't wear that. You'd have to shoot me first. Like, And then she's <laughs> kind of like disappearing. And then. I think as they're fighting over clothes, they get distracted, like carries in a tug of war over a mini skirt, like Miranda's rooting around like for winter coats and Charlotte's trying to get like the last jar of La Mer. And you see these men like just worker men come in and they're like carrying shelves out and one of them like scoops up the Sam mannequin. And, like, carries her out and, like, throws her into the back of a truck. Classic mannequin. (laughs) Classic mannequin shenanigans. If you're a mannequin, (laughs) you know the vibe. (laughs) (laughs) And then the girls, like, they're all checking out at the end. And, like, Carrie's like, we did get some, like, good steals. And they are walking out of the store. And I think that's when they realize that Samantha is like not with them anymore right and they're like samantha wasn't with us and she also wasn't with us yeah and they're like where like where is she maybe she just like went to lunch or wherever and so they go to lunch they can't they're texting her they like can't get a hold of her and like i think that kind of kicks off the drama it's like no one knows where samantha is and then, like, but interspersed, you are always cutting to, like, Samantha's journey. And she's, like, doing her own thing. Like, she's in the back right. of Right. She's, like, she- floating down the East River and then ends up at an orgy. And- yes. She, like, 
you cut to like the back of the truck and she's like bouncing around in there like she's actually like samantha now and then gets like thrown like it hits a speed bump or a pothole and she gets like bounced out into the river and then is kind of like and she's like whoa yeah or even if it she doesn't ever come back to life but it's just a mannequin with her voice like narrating its journey yeah or like an ai um, generated like voice technology right totally very homeward she, bound in a way yeah <laughs> we find out at the end that she was the statue of liberty all along <laughs> and the statue of liberty winks <laughs> she's every statue of a woman that they see she yeah. moves into like from spirit to spirit yeah we find out that samantha is actually pygmalion and she's been traveling through mannequin bodies and sculptures for um all of time mm-hmm. helping people to live and laugh and love and get in touch with their own sexualities oh my god okay i love this like samantha is an ancient spirit energy that's yeah, very ramtha p.s to bring it back to another thing i know that you're into um yeah i mean i think samantha's in everything yeah what we've learned okay so like the girls are still like at brunch trying to text her and we see samantha's like been bumped over the edge of the truck floating away in the east river and they're and they're just like perplexed. They have no idea where she is, but they figure like it's fine and we'll just like get into gabbing and gossiping. And I think Charlotte announces that she's like signing that she like just signed her divorce papers earlier that morning. And so they all cheers to that. So we're caught up on the fact that like she and Harry are done and like the settlement went through. She like right. made a ton and to of money. celebrate. She's going to storm the Capitol. Yeah. yeah, Carrie's like, what are you doing to celebrate? Like anything fun? I'm meeting up with this really great guy. I met him online, actually. Mm -hmm. And Carrie's like, wow, I can't believe you're getting back out there so fast. And Charlotte's like, yeah, I'm just like proactive, looking to make things happen. I'm really patriotic. I love America. Um you know it's not that far to dc just hop on a train (laughs) yeah just a little weekend trip that starts on like a wednesday it's just gonna be like the two of us and you know a couple thousand just some girls gabbing yeah Yeah. and so carrie and miranda are like "Hmm, okay and miranda what like what is miranda's journey she's just like looking to cash out yeah, she's looking to cash out on Bitcoin. Um, she invested early on and is making a fortune on the on the dark web. Yeah. And so like I guess the girls they leave for they leave brunch and maybe Miranda has a meeting with like her financial consultant or someone and she's like planned for early retirement. And this is like she's worked so hard for so long. And now she's finally going to like settle down and like enjoy her family. Yeah. And she's been playing the stock market for years and she's ready to like cash it all out and move upstate. Mm-hmm. And like she's she looks it's looking like she's going to be making like, you know, 50 to 100 mil of just like pure cash. Yeah. She wants to be the first female billionaire. Mm-hmm. Love it. So she's. 
the financial advisor is basically like, well, we don't do, I don't know really how Bitcoin works. So, but I imagine you don't do it through a bank. He's like, you just need your key and then like bring your login key in and then we'll get everything signed over and then it will be retired Miranda. And he's like, wow, you look great for 60. And she's like... (laughs) He's like, you look amazing for 65. And she's like, not all women are 65 who retire. Like she gets kind of snippy about it. And it's a Miranda Power moment. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So then she she goes home only to realize that like she can't find her Bitcoin login. Yeah, maybe she gets paranoid that she got scammed and that this whole thing has been a scam from like a Bitcoin Bernie made off. Mm-hmm. And she's looking like in her she's starting to like look in her desk drawers and like unlocking her safe. And yeah. Stuff. And she's like, I've been planning for this for so long. How are we going to move to Poughkeepsie? If we don't have the Bitcoin money, like my children need an Olympic sized pool and <laughs> a racquetball court indoors. Brady uh, needs see. all the physical activity he can get as a young boy. We got to train him as a fencer. <laughs> and Steve is like, Miranda, like we could be happy without all things. It's just like, I just love you and you and me together is like all we really need. And Miranda's like, fuck you, Steve. Like you broke bitch. Yeah. She's not really not seeing it the same way as Steve. She's like wanting to move on up and get out. And his money mindset is not working for her. Money machine goes burr. She played the stock market for years. This is her nest egg. She's been working on this. And Steve is like, we own a, a brownstone in Brooklyn. Just like fucking chill out. Miranda will not chill out because uh, she can't find the Bitcoin password. Yeah. So I think she's like spends most of the reboot like retracing her footsteps and trying to like figure out where the fuck she could have left this like Bitcoin key. Like we see her log in like she's logged in once and like it said rejected. So now she's like, Oh my God, like I only have a few more login times or it's like cut out forever. Yeah, She's freaking out. Mm -hmm. She, um, yeah, she like buys a gun. (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah, she goes like full, like she like cashes out all of her money and puts it in a big box under the bed and buys a gun and like how in my version of sex in the city everyone's like buying a gun i love that's what i feel like is the difference between then and now too i'm like charlotte is in a militia yeah charlotte instead of that like pantry that she went in to weep it's just like a gun closet now right right Mm -hmm. miranda just like wants one at home for protection you know just in case yeah um she's like uh and then i think everything also is punctuated with and just like that and just like that and just like that miranda Miranda bought a gun gun. yeah (laughs) and she's like (laughs) 
and is ready to head off like on her adventure to find out where the fuck this bitcoin key is Mm -hmm. and i mean maybe her first stop is brady's college because i feel like he's like even if he's not in college he is like i feel like he just went to college early like baby jeans right and then everyone's like your mom brought a gun to campus like yeah how dare how dare she um so while miranda boards like a bus like i picture her as like blake lively in that movie the rhythm section like she's serving like maybe she even dyes her hair black and then she has like kind of like a um, like oh, a I really thought Blake Lively looked like Jillian actually in that movie. She did. She very yeah. much did. Yeah. So Just that's saying. like Miranda's level of intensity is a rhythm. It's very section. like Miranda going vigilante is very easy to see happening. Absolutely. Um, With a duffel bag and I, a handgun. But then I feel like she like shoots herself in the foot or something accidentally. Yeah. She like swears off guns forever and then. Brady, who's an adult, um, is like on mushrooms and he like poops out the Bitcoin password and he's like, oh, sorry, mom, I must have eaten that when I was like, uh, he's like goes to Bard, you know, um, and then she gets all the Bitcoin, but she like realizes what a monster she's become. And she's like, you know what, Steve, you're right. Like, we don't need that upstate mansion. We just have enough right here with our Brooklyn brownstone that cost probably a few million dollars. Yeah. Already. Turns out only a few million is all we need, not 50 to 100 million. That's right. We just need a few million to live our comfortable uh, upper class life in New York. Does she throw the Bitcoin key in the fire? She throws it in the river and then it floats up up to um, the mannequin that is Samantha that she like doesn't even know. Okay, I love it. Samantha. So she so Samantha like she floats in the river and floats and floats and then just kind of ends up like knocking against the shore of like the Statue of Liberty for pretty much the whole the whole series. It like cuts back to her and she's still just kind of knocking like lots of like a rat like a rat king pull her out of the water. Yeah. And they like pull her uh, into the base of the statue or they start they yeah, start nibbling and, away at body parts and of they, hers. And and they give her like a hot dog and they're like, isn't New York amazing? Mm-hmm. It is. Th- that's why it's the fourth <laughs> character. They bring her a, a blanket after they've like gnawed off one of her arms. And then they, they like bring her a blanket and they like you said like a hot dog or like a yeah floor it's like pizza. Oliver and Company mm-hmm. is what I'm thinking of specifically it's just like cute. a Billy Joel song starts playing and it's like you know what this is the greatest city in the world yeah and that's why we all live here and love here and I think also Samantha is like she's pissed because these rats ate her arm off and she's like she has been this although she is a spirit She's been in in this mannequin for so long that she's like having trouble transitioning to like her next embodiment. And so the rats have to help her. And now that she has no arm, she's like, well, I can't be like an armless mannequin. She's like, well, actually, then they bring her to the Metropolitan Museum of Art where she takes the place of the Venus de Milo. Okay, cool. So also has no arms. And that's why. Okay, I love it. They had to cut her arms off and she like is the Venus de Milo because she is the ancient goddess of love mm-hmm. and she's been brought 
back to New York City again to bring a little bit of sexiness into everyone's lives. Yeah. You see like mothers and their sons like walking by and they're like, ooh, and their mom's like, don't look. And then the (laughs) Venus de Milo like smiles just a little bit. Right. Because I mean, that is like Kim Cattrall's thing is she's like a hot 80s chick that is there to make 12 year old boys go like boing. Yeah. Which is another Um, reason we might have trouble getting Kim to even sign on for this version of the reboot, because I think in the leaked script, there was some sort of sexting drama between her and Brady. And so she was not a fan of that storyline either. Oh, that Samantha was sexting that she with like accidentally sexted. Son? Yeah, like there was some sort of like sexting. That's not. That is also like yeah. That's lazy like, then storytelling. Pr- it's not that it's lazy storytelling. It's that then she's a predator. Yeah, like, true. That too. It like <laughs> it's fine if she fucks an eighteen-year-old. Like when she fucked that college student whose name was Sam Jones. Like that was great. That was fine. If you fuck your friend's son that you've known since they were a baby, like that's that's grooming. Yeah. Like that would be fucked up. Like obviously it sounds like it was a funny misunderstanding, but like just let her fuck one of his friends. Yeah. There's no need to like there's no need to have that. Then you're just a Mrs. Robinson and it's okay. Well, it's like they are they don't understand Sam, you know, mm-hmm. like we do. Yeah. No There's... one gets her like us, truly. Yeah. So maybe what we also need to do is like create a show that's like Samantha. That's like the spinoff. I was thinking like she should just do her own reboot. That's like Sam's world. And then she should make a show that's just like it's it doesn't have to be Samantha because I know she's a little over Samantha, but it should be like Kim Cattrall. In the Rochelle Rochelle movie (laughs) where she's on an erotic journey through Europe, you know, and it's just like a beautiful older woman having like hot sex all over the place like a Henry Miller. Yeah. You know, it could it could scratch the itch of like an under the Tuscan sun, but like sexier. Right. And like just Samantha and just like not like shaming her or being like she's like too old to fuck. Just being like, no, she is an a, a learned woman. <laughs> she is a round healed woman. You know, she's like she's uh, done everything and now she's uh, seeking whatever is left. Yeah. Celebrate. Her. She's looking for a legendary orgy in Italy <laughs> that she's heard about. <laughs> I love. OK, so Samantha is like. She has the Bitcoin key. She's now embodied in the Venus de Milo. And I think Carrie, we need to like service Carrie a little bit. Yeah. So Carrie learns about sapiosexual from Twitter, which she's now on and very bad at. Mm -hmm. She does. She have a large Twitter following. Like, what do you imagine for her? Um, I imagine her having like the like, remember when Susan Orlean got drunk on Twitter? (laughs) That's what I imagine for Carrie is like she's on Twitter and then she gets really drunk and tweets a bunch of stuff. And then the next day she's like, oh, my God, like, what did I do last night? Yeah, I think Carrie might have to have like an alcoholism storyline, too, because she's always like tweeting like a few Cosmos deep. And like she's maybe now after having just a steady drinking career truly that is one of the other things that comes up on real housewives a lot is that a lot of them are high functioning alcoholics and then they're like all in denial about it the show is so predicated on them drinking 
that when they sober up, it like changes the dynamic and a lot of them don't want to sober up and some of them get forced to by court orders like the <laughs> countess. But um, there's like a famous quote from Sarah Jessica Parker about Carrie where she said early on that she thought Carrie was an alcoholic. She's definitely an alcoholic now that I and this is the first time it's really hit me. But I was like, she's for sure an alcoholic. And that's interesting. You know, mm-hmm. like there's a different version of the show where they would have explored that and explored like, you know, in an like in an actual way gone into like what is it like to be an aging party girl in a big city which is like endlessly fascinating but instead they were like no she's like got this fantasy life now where there's like always you know new guys for her to date and always like you know a job yeah (laughs) endless funds coming from somewhere yeah maybe she's like getting displaced by like social media uh sex writers yeah there's a more modern like type of sex writer who's come in to like take over that space I and mean, i think there was honestly a great article a while ago by uh candace bushnell about like dating in the age of dating apps where she was like i'm back dating and like here i you know i'm talking to people about what it's like to date now and it's like The thing that really struck her as insane was that she was like, now, like, you know, a date used to be just like a whole evening that somebody would have to like take you out, you know, and now it's just like a drink or coffee. She was very like horrified by that. Yeah, same, honestly. Yeah, or she was just like sort of the like transactionalism of it, like freaked her out really badly because she was like, obviously, it was always transactional, but it felt like you could just, you know the core sex in the city thing where she was like there was that feeling of like you could go out and meet somebody and spend the whole night like talking to them and just like walking around the city and having like you know the great romantic experience of New York and she was like it's different if you're like swiping and then you know like she felt like it took the spontaneity out of it but she was also like I don't want to be the person that's like everything new is bad yeah I see Carrie as like she's she's back into dating maybe we see her online dating journey and her dealing with her sobriety at the same time so she's like in AA meetings like sharing what she's learned yeah I mean I think there was that one episode where she dates her high school boyfriend David Duchovny and we find out that he's like in a mental hospital Mm -hmm. that was also a good later period episode great I also loved the burger plot line I know that's not everyone's favorite, but like to me, that was one of the plot lines where I was like, this feels real. That felt you know? very real. And like their push pull, the like battle of them kind of being in the same place in their careers. Right. It was the first time Carrie dated like another writer, mm-hmm. you know, and that he was like threatened by her, her skill. Just the whole thing was like, and again, that's like with the housewives where you're like, oh, people get older, but like, do they grow up? Or is it always just sort of like, being a teenager yeah but with more accessories yeah so we see I think like like Carrie dealing Carrie learning about what a fuck boy is mm-hmm. and being like oh I think my ex-husband was a fuck boy <laughs> sure texting big like you're just a fuck boy <laughs> it's like what does that mean baby <laughs> what are you talking about kid <laughs> hey tits <laughs> 
Yeah. So Carrie is like bad. Okay. So maybe she has like a really, she has a really unfortunate she's, series of drunk she's working blackout tweets. on a column. Yeah. Yes. She's working. She has drunk blackout tweets. Her editor's like, you gotta go to an AA meeting. Mm-hmm. And also this article is due about what it's like dating in the 21st century from you. And you're perfect for it because you're recently separated from your husband and it's time to get back out there because he's doing the same. And she holds up like page six and big is like and it's pictured. Like, right. Right. Mm-hmm. Big is like surrounded by like teenage models. Yeah. She's like, oh, I can't believe he's hanging out with our friend Jeffrey Epstein again. <laughs> Yeah, so she's like, so she starts swiping and going to meetings. And I think this could be a great opportunity for like, remember that alcoholic guy that like fucked her and got addicted to like having sex with her? I think maybe yes. they, he could make an, a repeat appearance or maybe right. he's it's about dead addiction. too. Yeah, it's about That's addiction. That's what the episode is about. Like Miranda's addicted to Bitcoin and Charlotte's addicted to QAnon forums and is Carrie a love addict or is she just a high-functioning alcoholic or both? Yeah, I think Carrie spends a lot of the reboot trying to like diagnose herself and get to the bottom She's... of like what is really wrong with her, like what is wrong. And then I think by the end of the reboot, we find out like nothing's wrong, like everything right. is what it is and like I'm fine. And what's the name of the show again? And just like that. And just like that, nothing was wrong. I was in love again with the city of New York. Yeah, she finds she ends up single and fabulous! Exclamation point. I mean, honestly, that's what I wanted from the show originally Mm -hmm. that we didn't get. You know, like I thought the finale, I was really for some reason believed that the finale of Sex and the City was going to be that she doesn't end up with Big, she's just by herself, and that it's okay. Which would have been, I think, like powerful and good. Yeah, you know? that like, would have been true to form she, of like right and it, right that it's like she's searching. That's like who she is as the person. She's a searcher, and that yeah, and that it, she doesn't have to end up with big to be happy. And that I think they just they were afraid to do that. I think they were just like thought that was depressing. But it's like to me, it was depressing that she just ended up with big, and it was like okay, like. He's clearly not going to change, but like what? I mean, maybe that's realistic too. Yeah. It just became even more of a fairy tale because I, I remember too, like being so excited to like see what the finale would be. I dressed up and like met up with my gay friend in Oklahoma and like we both got like full glam lit candles. No, we totally like I went to my friend's house. I think it was in college. We had dinner Mm -hmm. and we drank wine. It was an event. Yeah. Yeah. And when she ended up with Big, I was obviously like screaming and happy, but I would have been, it would have been a more, to your point, like a more realistic treatment of who this iconic character is, because she is just great by, she's better when she's single, I would argue. She's better when she's single and like when she does get in a relationship, she completely loses herself and her friends get mad at her because she becomes this like other person, which again is like very realistic. A lot of people are like that. It's the dynamic of like female friendship is the core of the show and the main message of the show that they always seem to say was like oh it doesn't matter if we have boyfriends we have each other and we have you know the fucking city of new york 
Um, and that's what it's really all about. And we can't be like living in the future where we've like settled down and have these things. We have to like live in the present. But the show ended with everybody coupled up because it was like a marriage plot. Ultimately, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, even Samantha ended up with what's his name right Smith Jared did she leave yeah him? no they ended did up she leave together. him in the movie she leaves him in the movie yeah and then she ends up like single and just like fucking that right just like even Samantha that they were like she has to fall in love you know it just felt so like hetero I guess very hetero I just, just like like the walls are closing in like there has to be this finality where like nobody's future is in flux we know what's happening to everybody you know, and it's like, why can't Samantha just be like single and fucking like, you know, why can't any of these characters just be like happy on their own? Why do we have to have them all end up coupled? Yeah. For people to be like, it's a good ending. I think also that the in like your version of a reboot, seeing Carrie dating the whole time would be also it's like getting back to like the season kind of two, three when she was mostly, she was single a lot more in those, in those seasons. Yeah. I mean, I like the relationship arcs a lot, you know, I think the Aiden relationship arc up until like she cheats on him with big, it's probably like the best part of the show, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and then it goes into (laughs) becoming sort of a different show after that. But I don't know. I I like, I think, having her dating. If you're going to do a reboot, that's what the show's about, right? It's like she's dating somebody in every episode and then some they have some ridiculous quirk. It's like Seinfeld. Yeah. And like I, I'm imagining an episode that's like the episode where she and Charlotte like decide that they're just going to date like normal people for once. And like you yeah, see who I Charlotte see like meets. For the first half of the season, they're dating and they're trying. They're dating all these different types of guys. They're going out with like tiny hat skate life guys from <laughs> Dimes Square, you know, just to like see what's up now with the kids. Carrie would totally you know? date like a Dimes Square artist type for an episode. Right. Just like all the new types of archetypes of like what are, you know, a tech guy, just like a shitbag tech guy, like succession ass guy, mm-hmm. all the different types of guys that Carrie could date be so fun. And then like halfway through the season, she meets like, you know, a hot guy who's like on her level. Yeah. And I think he also I like him being a waiter at an Italian restaurant. Right, right, right. He's Nick Cage. <laughs> We love to see Nick Cage working again. Yeah. Yeah. Working with his hands. Mm -hmm. And he like sells her the cookies at the Italian bakery and they flirt. Yeah. She tells her friends and they're like, you can't date a bakery guy. She's like, I kind of want to date the bakery guy. I kind of want to date the bakery guy. And Um, just like that, I was dating the bakery guy. Just like that, I was was getting free cookies (laughs) from the cookie man. (laughs) Yeah, okay, I love that for her. And then I love her. And then like the season the right, the rest of the season is her like trying to make peace with that and like maybe like big if he's alive tries to come back and like win her over again. He's always trying to come back. That's a classic fuckboy way. But now Carrie knows. Yeah. He's like a mannequin too sometimes. Mm -hmm. Not from mannequin too. He's like a mannequin (laughs) also. Um but yeah, it's like then Carrie has to be like, Can I settle with somebody? You know, or am I just a free bird? 
yeah, she comes back to like, it's like the great Aiden dilemma where it's like, do I really want to be like truly in like a long-term partnership? Which I think is really what she was exploring in the beginning of Sex in the City too. Was right, like, maybe she and Big are like open. Yeah, she was battling with this like idea that now like all the sparks are gone. We're just going to sit around and watch TV all the time. And it's like, yeah, that's called like a relationship that's long term. <laughs> yeah, maybe you just like the chase too, Carrie. Yeah, and Did I think she think is about like that? more of kind of a single and fabulous kind of lady at her core. She's a thrill seeker. She likes to go out. Mm-hmm. Get blackout drunk. Yeah, and so and her see where learning, the night takes you. <laughs> learning how to do that without booze is maybe she even becomes like a like a stoner. She gets Cali sober in one episode. Well, on Real Housewives of Orange County, when Bronwyn just got sober, she realized she was gay. So that's also a possibility. Okay, yeah, that fully tracks for Carrie's journey. So then she's just like a pot smoking lesbian. In one episode. See, this is the problem is I always want to turn Carrie into the character I actually want her to be, you know? Well, this is, is your that. chance. This is like... I'm afraid I just want to, like, turn her into us, you know, where I'm like, <laughs> okay, in the reboot, she's cool, though. And, like, <laughs> she just likes to smoke pot and hang out. And uh, she votes for Bernie, you know? like She definitely votes for Bernie. Like, but that's not who Carrie is. Like, Carrie... She'll come out of that eventually. I mean, like... Carrie's a neoliberal, and they and they all are, and that's fine, and that's not what the show is, you know, about. It's not about what I want it to be, which <laughs> is a different show, you know? <laughs> like, in, yeah, like, I want, I want Miranda to become goth, but, like, that's not what Miranda wants. Well, she's you know? goth adjacent a little bit in your version, with like her yes. her Blake her black hair is like more goth than pre black hair. Yes, and buying a gun. Mm-hmm. Okay, what I'm like Charlotte. I feel like she's radicalized. She's meeting. Maybe she's even trying to meet men online, but it's she's having a hard time because a lot of them are incels. Well, that's why she goes to the Capitol rally, because she's like, I've got to meet some men in real life. And when she gets there, she has this like Cinderella type situation where she meets this like, you know, MAGA guy that she's super into and like, you know, leaves a shoe behind. Um, And then when she sees pictures of, of the insurrection, she's like, there he is. That's my Prince Charming. And they're like, well, your Prince Charming is charged with like making a pipe bomb. Okay, Um, yes, I love it's very it's reminding me of when she met Harry and she like fell in front of a cab and almost got run over. And then he like or not Harry, um, Trey, my bad. mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. it's very like I see a lot of physical comedy for Charlotte on the steps of the falling down the steps. Yeah, she's falling down the steps of the Capitol. And it worked out well for her because it's good that she didn't go in there because she would have gotten arrested. But she does rush. She gets like caught up. And you know, when she puts the blindfold on and Barney's and she's kind of like caught up in the fray and getting it's like similar to that where she's like caught up in the moment in the rush and runs up the stairs of the Capitol and then loses her balance and fall takes a long tumble. She falls down like Jason Derulo <laughs> at the Met Ball. Yeah. She tumbles down the stairs and loses a shoe, mm-hmm. and a man helps her up, and then he rushes in to storm the Capitol, and she's like, who was that? Yeah, 
And the next day, like or a few days later, Ariel Pink at brunch. Yeah, it is Ariel Pink, and everyone's really shocked. But I do love how tolerant her friend group is. Like, I love that Miranda and Carrie are not gonna like. Dec- well, they're really both. They're both sides. They're like, look, we have to see these people at the country club. So, like, what are you gonna do? Yeah, and like they're. They really are good friends to Charlotte. So they're like, we can't like cut her out. Like we see them have a conversation about like Charlotte and they're both like, she is like crazy now, but we fucking love her. So what are you going to yeah. do? What are you going to do? That's our Char. Mm-hmm. And so Charlotte's like Go pointing, get our girl. pointing out the guy like online. She's like, that's another side plot is like, how do we find Charlotte? Right. So like, she like calls the FBI and mm-hmm. she's like, can you help me? get more information and they're like no we can't help you because we're the fbi we can't tell you anything um she's like i gotta find him she's like guys i have a gun <laughs> and so you she starts as news and headlines roll in about this guy like she learns his name and like his situation and then i think eventually she goes to visit him in jail and i imagine that he would just be held in the brooklyn jail that's currently housing Galane and um keith ranieri yeah so that would be a fun way to just incorporate them into the mix as well right then she gets distracted when she goes to the jail and instead of like meeting up with the maga guy she like finds keith ranieri and comes out (laughs) just like being into that instead she decides to start a women's a powerful women's group a members very only believable. yeah very believable okay yeah ariel pink so yeah she and she gets into a relationship with a musician named ariel pink and then she eventually drags i think we would have her drag carrie and miranda to a ariel pink concert where hilarity could ensue love it yeah and that's where they run into like their dime square boyfriends mm-hmm. and they're like the whole thing and that's where they find samantha is at the warehouse show because <laughs> she's a mannequin yeah they end up maybe they end up at like a bushwick rave at the end of the night and then the a mannequin sam is in the corner just part of the rave decoration that's right and the mannequin sam falls off the shelf and kills ariel pink lands on him i love it yeah and she's she that's sam has not yet completed her journey to the Venus de Milo, she's like still just getting like flopped around, yeah. like warehouse. But to warehouse. she's there to like to to fall on abusive men and knock them out, mm-hmm. and she just uh, knocks him out and he dies, and that is what happens mid concert. It's very Lexi and then, Featherston, and then yes, <laughs> it's a very and unexpected she death. Stands up and like does does like a number herself instead. Yeah, and everyone's like. Sam oh my god they remember that she's been lost this whole time and they couldn't find her anywhere and now they now they have her back and they play whatever the song from mannequin is <laughs> what is it I don't I have know to find out. yeah isn't it, it it's like Jefferson Starship or something gotta find out yeah 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 I'm gonna play it maybe we can go out on this <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> Do you know this song? (laughs) 
love. Yeah, there's like, I feel like somehow Salem is playing at this rave. And then they Salem, do like a witch back, Sam. Yeah, they do like a witch, a witch house, house version, version of, of this song. Nothing's gonna stop us now <laughs> by Jefferson Starship. And Samantha dances around and looks like just incredible. Incredible. There's like she has like a snake for some reason. Mm-hmm. And maybe because she's the she ancient up goddess of love. Every once in a while throughout the season, and just to bring back the Sam storyline of like where did she go. And then yeah. she'll pop up in these moments and they're like, oh my God, it's her. And then they keep texting her, but she never texts them back. She doesn't text them back. And they're like, I think she's ghosting us. Yeah. Which is a word they just learned. Terry is like, ghosting is when you text someone and they stop responding. Not even a post-it. <laughs> Charlotte's so rude. Yeah. So that would be a perfect Sam moment. Uh, sounds great. What what are we missing anything? What else? Like what this turned out into more like concepting a reboot season rather than a third movie. But I love that because that's just where we're at right now. We had to do it. When they announced it, I was just like, what would I want it to be really? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Miranda. So Sam also has the Miranda's Bitcoin key now, too. So what does she do with that? Um, she redistributes wealth. Okay. I love. She solves the homeless problem. Yeah. She fixes New York City. Mm -hmm. I love it. By building affordable housing and moving everybody into it. And New York is reborn again. Like, I think this is, this one is for like all the New York haters that were like, New York's over. Like when COVID started and the love letter to New York of this reboot is that It actually, the city was rebooted and is like Mm -hmm. popping the fuck off and is better than ever. And Carrie also realizes like, I don't even need to drink anymore to have fun in the city because the city is my drug. Mm -hmm. And the Statue of Liberty winks again. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, we have to have like a magical sequence where Samantha's spirit, I think, is like evenly distributed amongst every kind of feminine or female form yes. of statue. She she becomes up the, the city. top of the. She becomes the um, the Empire State Building. Yeah, and then she like shoots out beams into all the other and the Chrysler Building. Like she is everywhere. Yeah. She is just, just spirit saw, energy. I just watched this crazy. There's like a Christmas light show in Shanghai on the waterfront Ooh. where all the buildings do a light show. It's like a Vegas light show, but it's like the entire uh, skyline of a part of Shanghai does like a crazy LED show. Yes. So that's what I'm imagining is like Samantha taking over all of the buildings in sort of like a positive Ghostbusters way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the final scene of the reboot, like Carrie and Charlotte and Miranda are all it's like another we're at New Year's Eve again. And it's like the dawn of the the about to be midnight of the next year. And that's when Samantha's like energy explodes into the city. Yes, she is the ball in Times Square. <laughs> She's everywhere, much like the craft, and like in the craft when Manuel yeah. is everywhere. It's just Samantha, source she energy. She becomes 
glitter and she rains down on the city. Mm -hmm. I love it. I want to see this reboot. And just like that. And just like that. And then then they say, and just like that, Samantha was gone, but never really gone for she was everywhere. And that's how we kind of solve the big Samantha problem. Yeah. She's she's in all of us. She's the air that we breathe. And we pan up into like the starry Manhattan night. Yeah. And she's in the stars. And we get ready for. And just like that season two. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. <laughs> oh, I want this so badly. I'm uh, I'm here for it all, especially Miranda's journey into Brady's college, like her causing just like Bitcoin stress shenanigans. Bitcoin madness. <laughs> um, Molly, thank you so much for being my guest today. I really appreciate you coming on the pod, sharing your vision. Um, tell everyone where they can find you. Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Molly Lambert. And uh, that's pretty much it right now. I'll have more podcast stuff coming out soon. I'm doing a Heidi Fleiss podcast. I There'll love be it. More. I can't wait. Info about that soon. But yeah, for now, you can find me everywhere you look. I am like Samantha. I'm just all over the city. All over LA. You are the Samantha of Los Angeles. All all over the really? city, far and wide. Yeah. Just raining down onto the uh, <laughs> mechanical horse <laughs> at the Saddle, saddle, saddle Ranch. Yeah. Everywhere you look. Um, well, guys, until next time. And just like that. And just like that, the podcast came to an end. The podcast was over. Friend of the Pod Productions. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.